And we're back. And we're off. New voice in the studio today. New for me. That's true. New for you. I have been on twice. That's right. But I've never been on with his eminence, Patrick Deveni here. Gosh, I don't even know what that word means, but I'll take it. It means you're a cardinal. Oh, nice. You call bishops your excellency. You call cardinals your eminence. Dude, that's a whole nother podcast. Now that you've, now that you've tossed this one out, which is a layup for me, the explanation of how all that works would be so fascinating. That's a, that's a father Brian topic, which is fair. I think my two cents that I just have to say, like I became Catholic without really knowing any of that stuff. Like it had nothing. I didn't really know the Pope. Like I knew who he was, but all that stuff. So learning about it and then Bishop Barron, but he's like an auxiliary Bishop, I think like all these weird things. And then you have all these Cardinals that wear red and I'm like, how does this, how does this work? Yeah. Yeah, those, so, are, those are very good questions. That's a whole new world. All right. So, Father Sean on the podcast. I'm so stoked for this. You have, yes, you're right. You have been on twice. You've filled in for me um, when I was unable to attend to high praise. And I hope we could take it higher now that FB's not on this episode. Completely agree. That's what we're here for. I don't know if I'll do as well as Dr. Leonard Sachs did, but I'll try my best. <sighs> good old Dr. Sachs. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be like a forever tagline around Lords. Right. Leonard Sachs left his mark officially at Our Lady of Lords. Um, so people already, people have already um, gotten to know you a little bit. You've done quite a few masses. You've been around, obviously, super active around here. How has the life been at St. Louis and Lords? The French Quarter. That's right. Calling it. That's right. Although there's other French parishes in our in our diocese, but not as illustrious as Our Lady of Lords in St. Louis. And the um, French are having a rough time right now. Yeah. Well, that's a different topic. <laughs> so I had to. That, again, that was just you tossed that up for me. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. But, I'm sorry. Um uh yeah, uh it's great. I love it. Uh, I love being a priest. There's been so many graces and um I mean, one aspect would be they, it's kind of said that your first parish is your first love in a certain sense. Yeah. And just settling in has been such a gift. And I'm a bit of a polygamist because I have two parishes. So I have two <laughs> first loves. So that's fair. Um, yeah, it's been so good. I think the challenge as, is having two locations, you just bounce back and forth. And so I don't get to see the people, the, the parishioners the faithful as often as as i'd like totally um, which has its challenges then to learn names to get to know faces and stuff and um i always feel bad when someone's like yeah we met last week i'm like um remind me your name again i also met a thousand other people last week right yeah yeah and there's three of us and there's you know five thousand or however many of you so uh, but I love it. It's been such a gift, and I love having the school. Um, as Father Brian mentioned to me, and I would completely agree. If you're ever having a bad day, just go over to the school, and those That's kids right. just light you up. And, That's right, and just bring you a lot of light, happiness, and joy. Especially the preschoolers through third graders. No question, they just they love on you, which is such a gift. So. It was actually 
again, story of my life. When I first, I can relate. So when I first started here, I didn't know any school family or really very many parishioners. And it was always the same thing for like the first year. I mean, I would see people at events, so call it maybe once a month mm-hmm. or mass, but they come up and it's like, they're meeting one of you and you're meeting so many people every day. And um, especially with the kids, because it's like, I don't just walk the, the school grounds by myself all that often and go like introduce myself to all the classrooms. Sure. But my first year, and even to this day, we always joke about it, like Father Brian walks across campus and he is like mm. the absolute celebrity. Kids are screaming his name, sprinting over, and I'm just the chop liver off to the side. Like I'm just the guy walking next to him. And the same thing happened with you yesterday, walking the school. We, awesome. we were in there and it was always like, Mr. Beach, who's the principal down south. And then, hey, Father Sean, Father Sean, hey, what's going on? And I walk in, I'm like, oh, I've met all you guys. Like, nobody called me out yesterday. It was really uh, heart-wrenching. Yeah. Someday, someday. Someday I'll make it. You should start wearing a collar. That's right. I'm going the black shirt a lot now to just kind of disguise it. Yeah. But maybe I need to take it. Father Brian, in the last episode we just did, said he took a flight, I assume probably Southwest. And he said nobody sat next to him mm-hmm. because he was in his collar. I was like, do you know how hard that is to pull off on Southwest? When everyone's walking by you, like, and you're trying to take up space and like, like, yeah, my, I might have to put on a collar when, yeah. I, go, when I get my C boarding class. Um, that's awesome though. I know it's, it's been so fun having you around. I'm even for me, I mean, I'm just getting back to it. So being able to hang out with you, I did watch the bike race that you the referenced. Perry, the Perry Roubaix. That thing. Yeah. I had to type in Paris bike race. I don't even know what the Roubaix part is, but, um, I watched it this morning. And that was very eventful. The highlights? This. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's it's one of my all-time favorite races and just a, a monster of a race. It's 200 kilometers or whatever. And they it's famous because they race across the cobblestones throughout Paris. And there's vicious accidents and bike wrecks every year. But I mean, I think partly that's what makes it fun. But it's it's the testosterone. It's the, totally. the race. So uh yeah, Sonny Cobrelli, the Italian. That's right. I was stoked on that. Uh, I was showing Steph. She had PTSD watching it. Me, I was just testifying. It's like, well, I would never bike ride in the rain. Mm. Like in that heavy of a rain. I don't right. like any of that stuff. So I, I actually enjoyed watching it. It wasn't that difficult sure. <laughs> given the circumstances. Right. Um, all right. So I... We were talking the other day, and I would love to do a podcast and, and focus on and, and see where it goes, because I know very little of the topic. Sure. Um, but... What is our topic? Yes. How do I transition to this, now that we've talked about a plenty of things? Um, no. Exorcism, and the concept of it, and being... I, I, you know, I think people are very passionate about it. And and spiritual warfare and and that whole debacle of a thing. But being new to the faith, um, exorcism and the concept of it, and even de- you know, you had mentioned deliverance prayers. I don't know what that is. I'm excited to learn about it. But um, it's a very intimidating topic and and relatively scary. I think it's very um, Hollywood has. You know, there's movies 
based on some form of exorcism. And, and it's definitely been mainstream media. Um, and that's kind of my basis of what I expect. Like the priest walks into the room with a giant crucifix, starts screaming things. The girl in the bed starts like freaking out, shaking, and then becomes human again. Um, but then I do know, like I kind of even saw it because I, I went home and I was talking to Steph about this topic and she's like, it's in. I would, I made a joke. I was like, who made this up? Some guy in like 200 that was like, let's do this crazy exorcism that sees dead people. I don't know. So, like, no, it's actually in the, in the Bible. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. And then we were watching the chosen mm. and Mary, uh, Magdalene and in the chosen series, again, I joked with that people. I don't know the, the accuracy of it all, but there was a form of it, a form of prayer that was taking out the demon. And, but in a practical real life scenario, if I learn that I'm meeting the exorcist priest, I'm a little intimidated. So help me understand this, this concept and kind of, and also the deliverance prayer priest, because I know it's very important. Yeah. I just, to me, I've, I've never really been introduced to that. Yeah. You know, those are all good questions. I want to just uh, start off by saying, um, like in seminary, we, we study a little bit of this stuff and, you know, cause we have, we, we see it in different aspects. Uh, but I want to make it clear, like, um, I'm not an expert in this stuff. I, I don't know this stuff super well. Um, but one of the things that we talk about with regard, so I'll say this first, spiritual warfare is real. That's, why we pray the St. Michael prayer that Leo Thirteenth gave us. Um, he had, uh, I believe, a vision, or it was, I, I can't remember, and this is, maybe I shouldn't have brought this up since I, I can't remember at the top of my head, but he had a, a vision of, of that the, the enemy, the Satan, would have rule of this world. Right. And so he wrote the St. Michael prayer, right? Defend us in battle be our protection, our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. This beautiful prayer that he wrote in order to protect us from evil. In the Our Father, we say, deliver us from evil at the very end. Right. You're right about the scriptures, and Jesus cast out demons uh, multiple times throughout scripture. Mary Magdalene, the seven unclean spirits uh, who Jesus drove away from her. So it's filled in scripture, but I just want to make, a first of all, a distinction between uh, kind of the three levels of attacks that we'll often talk about in the spiritual life. The most serious one would be possession, which is what an exorcism is needed for. And I don't really want to talk about that today, primarily because I don't have uh, kind of the experience. And I think many people are like really fascinated with these things for the wrong reasons. 100%. And I'm worried that after this podcast, we're going to get a lot of emails of like, I think I'm possessed, or I think this, or I think that. And that's, that's part of it, too. Like, I just want, don't want to go into those. Totally. So the most serious would be possession. In order to be possessed, your will has to consent to it. And if you don't consent, you won't be possessed. Possession, the enemy can take over your body, your physical movements. So those movies, there are little Hollywood eyes, but they are, that is something real. And again, I think we have an over-fascination with this. So possession, and then there would be spiritual obsession, and then spiritual oppression. Mm. So obsession, the enemy is obsessed 
with us. He can come through um, kind of the demonic powers of the Ouija boards, the tarot cards, and things like that. And then spiritual oppression, and that's kind of where I want to more talk about today. That's kind of our everyday battles that we can have at times. Okay. Uh, the oppression of the enemy that we experience. Why am I so tempted right now? Why can't I, um, you know, the, the concupiscence that we find? Why do I keep doing the things that I don't want to do? That's right. Why do I, no matter how many times I try to stop watching Netflix at 8 p.m. and right after your, the, the shows are done with whatever you're watching, it automatically <laughs> pops up. Next show starts in five, four, three and then you're like arguing with your wife or someone you're just like should we watch it should we not wa- right. watch it and then all of a sudden it's like starting now and it's yeah. like oh we have to watch it you, know? you don't want to be a quitter you don't want to be a quitter so you just <laughs> keep binge watching it but like we know we don't we know we want to stop all of a sudden it's 11 p.m i need to wake up early tomorrow why do i keep watching the next episode why am that's i right. so sucked in and that's kind of analogy essentially to say Oftentimes we do the things that we don't want to do because it it sucks us in. And so that's spiritual oppression, I think. Why do I find myself doing the things I don't want to do? A spiritual attack. So those are the three levels. I just want to make those distinctions and I want to kind of stay more in the realm of oppression specifically. I love it. The and I don't uh I can relate to that all too often. I think when I first became Catholic, I didn't uh, I mean, previously in life, I never had to confess anything, right? It was just between me and God, or it was just the life I was living, and I wasn't judging myself for it. Um, and then when I was confirmed, and I learned about venial versus mortal and all this stuff, I became obsessed, because mm. I, I like life black and white. I don't sure. like gray area. So when I printed off this sheet that was like, oh, here's 85 possible sins, I mean, I was in the wood box confessing my sins but almost every day. Like, I became so obsessed so quick. And um, one of the questions I always had, in it, and as I've started to do more research into, like, mental health especially, too, but, like, when you talk about oppression and that feeling of, like, Netflix or, like, you keep saying, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and then you end up doing it and you go confess it. And I think one of the things that has never worked for me is like, okay, well, I keep battling this sin and quite frankly, trying to abrupt that, like trying to stop that temptation with a Hail Mary, Mm. you know, doesn't work for me. Mm. That's the last thing I want to do in that moment. And so it's really tough. But then how does, how does, um, kind of mental health play into that as far as like, you know, I mean, I think you can see the brain and, and we've come so far in that stuff that is there a way to say to people to be easy on yourself if you do have OCD or if you do have ADD or any of these kind of like mental health, bipolar, yeah. any of that stuff that if you just took it from the front of like, oh, this is a battle between me and Satan mm-hmm. um, and, you, and you really start to uh, kind of play this line of the confession and, and trying to battle your sins. It can be something kind of exterior, also outside of yourself, that is very um, active going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah, those are great questions. And again, uh, I just want to say I'm not a psychologist. You know, that, That's so, totally. So I, I, I don't necessarily know, um, you know the whole realm of like, how do we discern 
is this a psychological issue? Is this a spiritual issue? But what I will say to that, and actually funny that this comes up, because I think I said this last time when I was with Father Brian on this uh, Gregorian rant, is that people in the spiritual life, we usually fall to two extremes. One would be a certain slothfulness, a laziness that, oh, sin's not that bad. I'll come to confession, but I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know, being a good person. And I find myself sometimes sinning or whatever. And then the opposite extreme would be the uh, scrupulous person. That's right. Who's like, and kind of like, a, like what you were saying of like, I'm overanalyzing all my sins and like, this is a sin, this is a sin. I don't need to go to confession. And just like, we drive ourselves in crazy yeah. when we're scrupulous. And so the advice that I typically give is to people who lean more towards to a, a scrupulosity, I say, you need to be gentle with yourself. Mm. And that type of person needs to err on the side um, to be more gentle, not to be more scrupulous. And there's ways to do that, encouragements to give that would help that person. And then the other person, the other extreme, who struggles more with the laissez-faire, kind of the laziness, um, they need to lean more towards that kind of rigidness. Totally. uh, Rigidity. And there's kind of a happy medium that we need to find. you know, but I'm sure people have asked you before, like you've heard conversations of like, you know, I did, I fell into sin of, of whatever sin, and I'm not sure if it was mortal. I'm not sure if it was or not. And so should I go to communion? And it's just mm. like, we drive ourselves crazy with like a- analyzing these things. That's and right. So I would argue, and, you know, with discernment and with prudence, I would argue that the scrupulous person who's asking that question probably should go to communion if they're unsure if they're in the state of mortal sin. Whereas the laissez-faire person who thinks they might, have, might be in mortal sin, but they're not sure, they probably should refrain from going to communion to battle that uh, kind of um, in the spiritual life what they're going through. Totally. So. It's funny you say, like, as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself too, like, being a scrupulous person, I love the concept of spiritual warfare. Mm. And I love it because again, I'm a knucklehead and I'm doing the same thing over and over again and, and whatever. But I also love to say, well, man, the devil's got his grips in me, you know? And like, I kind of want to pawn it almost sure. off to Satan and saying like, oh man, he's really tempting me. And um, not as like a, a cop out, but I think it does it's a way of trying to be more gentle on myself and put it into something else other than my own responsibility right. in a way. Right. Um, ah, it's so interesting. Wow. Um, so much to die. I, it's okay. So where would you go with the oppression piece? So what I, what I kind of want to talk about is um, spiritual oppression, spiritual attack. We find ourselves attacked. And as you just mentioned, I'm, I'm happy you said that. I can't just always just say a Hail Mary and I get better. Sometimes yeah. that works great. And I think it should work great. Uh, saying the name of Jesus. We know that uh, the enemy flees when we speak the name of Jesus, especially in a prayerful way, or I would say probably only in a prayerful way. Um, the enemy flees. And same with the Hail Mary with, with our mother's assistance. But is there something more we could do to help fight sin? And I think that's what I want to talk about. So where this 
the knowledge of what I'm about to speak into comes from Neil Lozano's Unbound. He has this great book called Unbound, which if if you're interested in this topic, that's probably the first place I would point you, um, you as in any listener out there, uh, Unbound by Neil Lozano. And he talks about, do you want freedom? Do you want to be unbound? We find ourselves bound to our sins, bound to this earth, bound to different things, bound to the... the um, suction or whatever you want to call it to watch Netflix and binge and not be able to say no to it. We find ourselves bound to those things. So I just want to first point out Galatians 5, 1. This is one of my favorite, favorite verses. Uh, For freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Christ wants us to be free. And oftentimes we find ourselves chained, bound, in different ways to yeah. sin, the slavery to sin that St. Paul talks about. Praying is very important, but is there something else we can do? So diving into it, this is what Neil Lozano says, and he gives five keys. I'm not going to talk about all of them. I want to talk about two of them specifically, key number two and key number three. Key number two, actually, I'll talk about key number one as well. So one yes. through three. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so hopefully everyone is still with us. Sorry for the confusion there. Uh, key number one, <laughs> repentance and faith is what Neil Lozano talks about. The best way to fight against any sort of spiritual attack is to live a life of grace, to repent and to have faith. The best way to fight against sin, therefore, is going to confession and going to mass, living a sacramental life. In fact, that will have any... Um, that will have more power than any exorcism could have, is living a sacramental life. Um, so confession, the Eucharist, etc. Mm. So that's key number one, repentance and faith. Key number two and key number three are more what I want to dive into. Uh, key number two is forgiveness. We hold on to these past forgivenesses, these past um, unforgivenesses that we fail to let go of. And oftentimes, I would... You know, my experience in my short time of being a priest, oftentimes they're associated with uh, family, um, yeah. parents, grandparents, siblings, relationships in high school as well, you know, but we hold on to these unforgivenesses in our hearts and we think, oh yeah, I've moved on, but do we truly forgive? And so what Neil Lozano talks about in Unbound is if we want to be free, that freedom that Christ has set us free for we have to forgive. And it can't just be like, oh, I forgave them many years ago. But throughout time, sometimes we just have these people that pop into our mind. And it's like, yeah, I need to forgive them deeper. What Neil Lozano says is you should say, in the name of Jesus, I forgive that person. For, and you can include a for there if you'd like. But say it once, say it twice, say it three times. In the name of Jesus, I forgive my fifth grade teacher for making me look like a fool in front of everyone. And yeah. I'm still holding resentment there and maybe a little bit of unforgiveness. We need to cut those chains that kind of bind us to this earth, to that unforgiveness. So key number two, forgiveness. Key number three, renunciation. We have to renounce the attacks of the enemy. And I think this speaks to a little bit about what you mentioned, Patrick, the whole argument of um, can I just pray a Hail Mary and then be done with it? It doesn't seem like that always works. 
I think sometimes we need a little bit of a renunciation to say, when we are spiritually attacked with laziness, let's say, to say, I'm really struggling with laziness right now. How do I get out of this? Why not say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce you spirit of laziness. Say that once, say that twice, say that three times. In the name of Jesus, I renounce you spirit of laziness. And then refocus yourself. Again, enemies flee at the voice at the name of Jesus when we speak Jesus' name. So those are the first three keys that Neil Lozano talks about. Um, again, I think those are kind of basic ways to fight against these things, um, but they're super important ways. Basic in the sense that like, we all have these keys, we all have these tools, um, but do we use them? Um, totally. Jesus has given us the way to fight against it. So I think th- this is part of deliverance prayers. These are part of it. So I'm talking too much. What, what do you How think? do we know that the enemy scatters in the name of Jesus? That's a good question. Um, one, because that's what I was taught. So I'm going totally. off of what I was taught. Uh, yeah. But I would bet it's in scripture. Yeah. I, nothing's coming to my mind right now, but... Um, well, I guess what does come to mind would be Acts of the Apostles. I, I don't know precisely where, but Acts of the Apostles, <clears throat> Jesus dies, he resurrects, he ascends to heaven. What do the apostles do? They hide out of fear. And then the Holy Spirit comes, gives them the grace to go out to the two by two to the world, to the nations, to preach the good news. There's multiple parts in the Acts of the Apostles where I think it's Peter specifically, where he says, uh, he sees a man who is. Um, lame who can't walk on the side of the road and this guy says this lame man says cure me and peter says i have no gold i have no silver to give you but what i do have is jesus christ and then he says in the name of jesus christ i command you to get up and walk and then he got he gets up he's healed and he's and he walks he's walked he, he he's free from his sin he's free from that um lameness not being able to walk because of Jesus Christ. Right. Peter did not have the power in him. He had the authority of Jesus Christ as Pope, as Bishop, as a priest, um, etc. So demons flee at the name of Jesus Christ, and we have the authority to speak that. But even again, like I get, I get nervous even saying that, because this is where I think people get confused of like, why do we need the church then? Why do I need a priest? Right. And it's like, by by your baptism, you do have a certain amount of authority, um, but it's always through the lens of the church. That's right. What I find so interesting too is like what you've said. I mean, I've done you know the spiritual ties. It's actually really funny that you're saying this. I'm having like the ultimate deja vu uh, moment. My old football coach at CU, um, CU is big christian well <laughs> not ceo uh the football program with coach mccartney and um brothers keepers and all that stuff um coach cabral up there uh, big christian and he had me list out spiritual ties of people that have either wounded me in the past any relationships that i still have ties with and i i believe there's even like a a prayer for um, sexual relationships right? Yep. that has a tie as well. Yep. And I'm going down memory lane on this thing right now. And I, I distinctly remember saying in the name of Jesus and listing off people, what happened, this and that. What I find 
really interesting right now in this deja vu moment is it's one of those things that when you, when I did it, I felt so good. Yep. Felt amazing. And it was actually really, really interesting to go through that process and really kind of reflect back on life. And to like you joked about it, but truly my fourth grade teacher really hurt me. And I now have an insecurity around something that happened publicly that she did to me. Right. Or my parents got divorced when I was in first grade. You know, I still go to therapy to this day. And I, anytime I go to a new therapist and they're like, well, what was your childhood like? And I'm like, ah, damn it, we gotta, we gotta redo this. Right. I've talked about this so many times. How many times do I have to reopen this wound? And it's like, if it still shows up, and I think what you're saying of like saying it one time, two times, three times, and even again later of like, right. I forgave that person and not just being like, no, I, I forgave him. I don't need to circle back on that. But life keeps happening. Wounds keep reopening. And to acknowledge the fact that you do, it is okay to go back and do that process. I didn't know what I was doing when I did that. Mm -hmm. I was doing it because Cabral told me to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I can also say that despite the fact that I forgave them, quote unquote, forgave them back then, I 100% could just as much do it to this day um, consistently. It's very interesting. Um, and how the enemy kind of creeps back into that way. I think that is one thing, too, of why I do like the um, reconciliation, repent aspect is it is kind of that outside of just, because I, I did live that of like, well, why is it, why don't you go talk to a priest about this? Right. <laughs> is the ability to hold up, I think two reasons why I enjoy it. It's the mirror being held up of like, do you really acknowledge this? Or are you kind of just like, oh God, forgive me for that. That was, <laughs> that was bad. But anyways, uh, have a good day. Taking the time to actually kind of confess that and then two, what happens when you, it's kind of like therapy again, when you verbalize something and verbalizing those sins, it's kind of like the weight of the world comes off. And then to hear a priest say, you've been forgiven is a whole nother game changer. Yeah. But I feel like when you're battling any of those three steps or any part of it, it's a huge piece to, again, I don't think you're going to solve it in one confession maybe 100 it's possible but it's okay if it doesn't right. and I, I i find that super interesting and it's so it's so interesting even the saint michael prayer like i was never taught it and it drives me nuts every time like i'll finally get through mass no, that's a bad way of saying that i will finally get through mass from the standpoint of like i feel like i nailed all the prayers yeah the responses and i'm like yes and then the priest is like saint michael yeah and i'm like dang it like I, as he exits right now i'm gonna fail like this stinks That's but so it is funny. funny how jesus and god gave us things to help us through this because there is a part of me that feels like i've said this at me before too where i don't find it fair that i was born into a world where God and Satan had their little falling out right. and now I've got to be burdened with all this stuff. Mm. And so at least give me something, but I feel like some of that stuff and probably the secular world has um, watered it down. But like right. when you do hear like in the name of Jesus, uh, for I forgive blank four, yep. you know, it's, it also is very, uh, 
the secular world has just removed Jesus and they'll, in the name of the universe, I forgive or like whatever they throw in there. Right. Um, but it is pretty remarkable that it's been around for 2000 years. Absolutely. Yeah. It is remarkable. And I love, I love, thank you for your vulnerability and honesty in sharing that because that's exactly what Neil Lozano eventually has you do in the book is kind of work through, uh, he calls them soul ties. Like, who is our soul tied to that needs to be unbound from? Yeah. Um, past relationships, especially sexual relationships, past, um, again, forgivenesses and whatnot that we need to work through. In the name of Jesus, I forgive this person. Um, and to add in two things as well, um, I'm a little nervous to say these because I just, I get worried that people freak out and I get worried that. Uh, a lot of people are going to be calling the parish office and saying, Father, I need to meet with you. Like, I think I'm cursed or possessed or whatever. Um, but these are really important things. And so just two things that I thought of as well um, as you were speaking was, one would be generational curses. So there are certain, um, well, I'll just say, so the Freemasons are known to curse generationally. And so to the point where when you get to a certain stage, I don't understand this quite very well, but if you get to a certain stage in the Freemasons, you eventually, or rank, you um, say a, a cursing, a, a demonic curse upon the generations of your family to come. And uh, That's new to me. Yeah. yeah so wow. The, the Freemasons are, are demonic. And wow. most people don't know that. And, and um, it can be serious. And so if you have... Um, uh, ancestors or like, you know, great grandparents or whoever, more than that, who were in the Freemasons, um, it's good to do a certain deliverance prayers for that, to cut the soul ties and to, to get um, those generational curses to be released, untied, unbound, to be set free. Secondly, uh, one thing that I did in seminary, <laughs> I, when I was in high school, uh, I thought I was the coolest kid in high school, right? So I, when I was 16, um, I had a car and um, I bought, with my money I saved up for it, I bought myself uh, dual subwoofers to put in my trunk. Nice. And so every morning I would roll up to Mullen boom, High School boom. bumping like <laughs> Eminem or just like these, you know, I loved hip hop. I loved music. I loved um, hard rock and even like... Um, metal at, at yeah. certain points in my life and in, in high school and i would roll up like blasting this music and i'd be like man i'm the coolest kid here everyone's looking at me because of my sweet subwoofers that's and, right you know i was such a dork like i didn't know what i was doing i was insecure you know just trying to get attention or whatever but music um yeah and I, again i i, I kind of hesitate to say these things but there are certain musicians out there who have quote unquote sold their soul to the devil yeah. And when we listen to those musicians, it's opening a doorway in ourselves for spirits to attack us, for evil spirits to attack us. Uh, some of these lyrics are extremely inappropriate, raunchy, right. demonic. And when we listen to those lyrics, they can get stuck in our head. So anyways, when I was in seminary, um, I learned pretty quick. It's a stark contrast if I try to listen to this kind of music that I still wanted to listen to. And then go pray holy hour the next day. Totally. It's just stuck in your head. You can't not think about those really grotesque and inappropriate things. To the point where I realized I had to lead all this music. 
and I had a conversion of heart with this, leaked through the music, and then um, I eventually started to do some deliverance prayers in this and, and, you know, to cut the soul ties, if you will. So in the name of Jesus, I renounce and cut all ties between this artist and this artist and that artist. And I just went through each one in the name of Jesus. I reject um, and renounce and uh, cut all ties between, and then just, so I didn't do, I didn't go down the list, but I went, uh, I said that whole prayer in the name of Jesus. I uh, cut all ties between this artist in the name of Jesus. I cut all ties between this artist. And that gave me a sense of freedom. Yeah. And I don't need to return to those grotesque artists, those grotesque uh, images and lyrics. Um, so I just bring that up to say, like, there's certain things in our past that can still bind us. And again, going back to Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. We want to be free. And if we want to truly be free, we have to work through some of these old things, these ties that bind us here. And Neil Zano, he wants to, he talks about unbound, being unbound from those things. Is, do you know, that is Neil a Catholic guy? He is Catholic. However, this book is written in a non-denominational way. He meant it. it very ecumenically. Awesome. And so like, that's why even in, in your time at CU with your uh, football coach, that's why this has hit worldwide. That's right. And his book has been published in multiple different languages. Um, it's been so popularized because of this. What about, because um, that was my like main question and just the detail of, is the deliverance prayer pretty much a process of in the name of that's the deliverance prayer? Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's what I would say. Uh, I think other people might articulate a little differently but it's to deliver us from that evil, deliver us from those ties, deliver us from whatever that spiritual oppression that we find ourselves and in. And cut it out. Exactly. Interesting. I think what's also, um, if I, <laughs> after, to your point of not wanting to, you know, flood the phone lines at the church, um, the one part I've definitely really had a lot of compassion and admire priests for in seeing this is, you know, there are legitimate doctors and um, therapists that have spent years trying to understand the mind. Mm. And I mean, case in point, somebody like you, that's, you know, out of seminary, you're becoming a priest, all this stuff, like having um, the guidance of a therapist that is Catholic um, or Christian, it's huge. And primarily, I think there's a huge burden on priests, especially in the confessional, to solve these kind of things. And that's where it's like, I kind of joke, but like when I hear things of, you know, in the mo, I did a lot of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, yep. which is like, okay, if you are have this impulsive act, you try to find something else healthy to replace it with. Yeah, the right? pathways in your. That's in your right. Mind, yeah. Right. All these pathways. Thank goodness you know about like, so. But oftentimes if I go to confessional and I like confess my sin, they're like, okay, well, when you have that urge again, why don't you, uh, why don't you say three Hail Marys? Mm. And I'm like, mm. it was kind of like the same thing in therapy when they'd say, when you have that urge again, go on a walk. And I'm right. like, and, I, and at the time, especially case in point, it would have been like the eating disorder. Mm-hmm. If I'm having this craving to binge, the last thing I want to do is go on a walk. Right. It's not going to work for me. Right. That doesn't work journal why don't journal anyways on a good day let alone my bad day so it is like it's a longer process that does require like 
proper um, guidance of of a truly like professional in that sense. So it's not. I, I do just like I have to say that. Like I admire so many priests that are faced with so many heavy topics. That's a big uh, hurdle to to face every day. Yeah, yeah. I I think. Um, I mean, from my point of view, it's like you know, this is something I love. Confession. You know, I love going to confession, and it's been a great gift to to hear confessions as a priest as well. Um. But I think it's important, and, and most priests probably do it, is to refer, you know, totally. to recognize like we're not psychologists, and there are psychological elements, uh, but there's also real spiritual elements, and you can't just pray your way out of everything. Right. You know, there's certain things that absolutely, I mean, prayer is in- integral to everything. Like it's, you know, pray without ceasing, as St. Paul says, but you can't pray your way out of a psychological problem. That's right. And so, yeah, there's certain psychological um, methods or behavior cognitive, uh, cognitive therapy or whatever that can be really helpful. But obviously where I get nervous is like a lot of psychologists in the secular world replace it for God. That's right. And, and you know, and, and, and you could speak more to that as well. But I think you're right. If we have good Catholic therapists and counselors and psychologists, we should utilize them well. And totally, we, we had some really good ones, have some really good ones at the seminary here in Denver who would work with uh, me and work with, you know, all the seminarians uh, one-on-one or we would do, um, they would give presentations as well yeah. to all of us. So, I mean, just really good resources. Um, but anyways, my point in bringing that up is like, there are spiritual elements, but there's also human psychological elements that the spiritual, you can't just pray your way out of. Totally. Both, so. I think I find it, I mean, I would say the same thing, even in the um, medical world, uh, for a lack of a better word there. Um, especially, I mean, I have just so entrenched in the eating disorder, mental health community that if I'm always weary, if I meet somebody that is like, oh, I can solve it all. You look at their website and it's like, I can do depression, anxiety, eating disorders, this, da, 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 da. and I'm like, dude, people have spent their entire career learning about just eating disorders. And the one fell swoop, like it's, you really need the team. And I, and I find with um, confession, the church, the spiritual side, that's one part of the team. And then you have the real life side too, of someone that you can go sit down with for 45 minutes and talk about spiritual guidance, but also the mental aspect of it yeah. and, and really kind of dive into that piece. Um, because I do think, again, to your point from the very beginning, a lot of it either gets lumped into... Uh, no big deal. Or man, like the devil's got his grips in me. I need this one magic trick that's going to get it, take it away from me. Yeah. Is that also, uh, I've, I've never really understood <laughs> the, uh, but is that kind of the same thing with yoga? Inviting, cause it has like nasty roots or something, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, again, I just want to say I don't <laughs> totally. Know I know I don't want to open enough, that either. I'm sorry. I don't know enough to like speak definitively on it, but there's a lot of um, you know good people who will argue. Yeah, like you're saying, like because of the roots of yoga, there's certain methods, um, like body shapes or whatever you want to phrase it, 
uh, that like mimic pagan gods and things like that. And and I don't know why we can't just say I'm going to stretch, you know, stretching has always been healthy for the body. Yeah. My doctor, my physical therapist, everyone keeps telling me you need to stretch more. I have like the tightest hamstrings ever, probably too much biking, right? So yeah, stretching is really healthy, um, but it can get weird with these Eastern religion, pagan practices. And uh, it's something that we all need to be cautious of. And there's certain elements to yoga that uh, should be avoided. Um, But I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a stretch and even if it's the up dog or down dog or whatever, uh, which are yoga positions, That's if right. you didn't know that. So, um, but I just think when you get into these weird pagan god and goddesses names for yogas, it's like yoga positions. That's that's not okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's just. I mean, it, it is so interesting, and again, I don't know if Lords is ever going to escape the Doctor Leonard Sachs uh, conversation. Yeah. But it is. It is very interesting. Of you know, you look at mainstream media today and after his discussion, I mean, there was, there's the um, country rapper guy that is selling a shoe that has apparent like blood laced in it and has 666 written on the side and all sorts of stuff. But I mean, it's sold out in less than a minute, I think. It was unbelievable. And that's who's all over the TV. That's who, and so I think what's interesting is being a new guy to the faith is you kind of question like, what's wrong with watching the Grammy Awards tonight? Yeah, you know what's wrong with any of that stuff other than it's clearly, I mean, you <laughs> you watch any of the performances, you know, the people that are celebrated in society these days are are right. just on a whole nother scale, but it is it's one of those things I think I was intimidated to become Catholic because I was afraid of what I was giving up. I couldn't watch certain shows Mm. and you're being told you can't sleep over at your girlfriend's house. Even if it's not sexual, it's just, you're watching a movie late. Let's say you're watching the chosen late (laughs) and you don't want to drive home. And it's this whole thing. I mean, Steph sent me father Mike Schmidt's three reasons not to sleep over. And I was like, First of all, I wanted to throw my phone out the window when I saw it. But second of all, I was like, why would I, what is all this stuff? Like, what's wrong with it? All that kind of things. And when you hear the things as simple as music, what that does invite you into, especially, it, it's so fascinating when, you, when I heard you say this, when you're singing along in the lyrics, mm. I'm, yeah, for sure. I love DMX. I doubt he really helped me in my spiritual warfare battle. Right. It's so fascinating. Mm. And then it's funny walking around, like you said, walking around Lords, where it is just everything for the school, mm. everything but my child. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> there is hope in the world. Mm. At yeah, there is hope, and and yeah, I think ultimately, uh, again, um, for freedom, Christ has set us free, and I think that's what I want people to remember from this podcast. It, it's so easy to get focused on the oppression, the even the possession, like we see you know, the exorcism of Emily Rose, like we see these movies or hear about them. And um, like, you know, even the the shoes that you were just talking about, like the world has a fascination with, with spiritual spirituality and now even the demonic. That's right. And it's so important to remember God already won. 
Right. He won the battle. And there's still an ongoing warfare in this world, but he's definitively won. We know who's already crowned the, the victor. And he gives us the tools to fight. And if the demonic is real, which our world points to that, yep. there's this fascination, all the more real is Jesus and his That's church right. and his love and how he wants to bless us, and how he wants to set us free, how he wants to unbind us. And that's what I want people to remember, that Christ has won, he wants to unbind us. And if these tools, these keys, if they speak to you, my encouragement would be to buy Unbound by Neil Lozano and pray through it. Uh, work with it. Make those prayers as we talked about. In the name of Jesus, I forgive this person. In the name of Jesus, I renounce this spirit of, of laziness and continue to bring those into your spiritual life. But that would be my encouragement. Oh, man, I love it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this may be one of the ones that I have more to think about, uh, and at least just reflect on, especially having done a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I think it's, very, it's showing up at a very interesting time to, to really maybe circle back on. Yeah. Um, and the power involved in that, I think Jesus is the ultimate victor and, and really knowing that and residing in that can, can be huge for anyone's journey. Absolutely. And I guess last thing I'll say is, uh, sometimes the Lord, I think it's the Holy spirit will just put names or, or thoughts on our mind, right? right. Sometimes the enemy brings them up for attack or distraction. I should say, like we go to pray and then a thousand distractions come up. Yep. Uh, sometimes those are from the Lord too, and we have to discern. But um, through prayer, I know that the Lord has given me a gift of, of intercession, yep. um, and I'm grateful for that. And one of the ways that it comes up is just like, I'll be driving in my car, and then a name will pop in my mind. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm called to pray for this person right now. And I'll just, as simple as a Hail Mary, I'll just pray a Hail Mary for the person and surrender that person to Jesus. And it's always like really amazing how the Lord like brings up them in a different, like I'll see them the next day and they'll be like, oh, I had a really hard day yesterday. And then everything changed at, you know, like, I don't want to make it sound totally. like it's like this magical thing, you know, but spiritual warfare is real. And I just want to encourage people, like if, if the Lord puts things on your heart, names or, or images or people like pray with those. And yep. maybe you're called to forgive that person that keeps coming up in your life. Maybe you're called to pray for that person who keeps coming up in your life. But this is uh, a beautiful way, the body of Christ and the uh, communion of saints that we're able to enter into the um, kind of help partake in the, um, the mission of Christ and his church to bring all people to him, to bring all people to salvation. You know, what's really interesting about that too is <clears throat> Coach Cabral, who I, who I referenced, um, I feel like he has this power because he he is the one that initially taught me about spiritual warfare mm. and he really appreciates it. And, um, I think is cognizant of it. And, um, he has this ability that I swear every time I'm in a rough patch, he calls mm. it's bizarre. And yeah. I think it is a lot of what you're saying of like, and most of the time I swear he'll, now that you're saying this, it's so funny. He'll call and just be like, you know, you're on my heart. I don't know why I'm calling you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it just so happened that girlfriend broke up with me and I'm super depressed or something has happened. And it is that perfect time. But I also think for my own life, 
I often let that urge when that does happen. Someone came into my mind and I'm like, man, I haven't thought about them since junior high. Mm. It's this pressure of like, I don't, I don't want to call them. Right. You know? So it is the, it, the ability to just pray for somebody mm. and see where that leads. And maybe if it's still, you just are like, okay, yeah, I should call. Or it is as simple as the prayer. That's powerful. Mm. That's really interesting. Because oftentimes I'll sideline it. I don't, all right, I don't really want to call them. Hope they're well. Right. <laughs> like, right. Or I'll go check their social media and be super jealous of their life. Either way, I'm losing. Yeah. The secular way to say I'm praying for you is I've been thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Or like when people sign it. That's right. Note, they're like, hey, I've been thinking about you. Love whoever, you know? And it's like, no, no, no. I, I, okay, I shouldn't say hate. That's a strong word. But I strongly dislike when I get a letter or something that says, I've been thinking about you. I'm like, don't think about me. Pray for me. <laughs> totally. Don't just think about me. Don't just send positive vibes my way. Like pray, pray yeah. for each other. Uh, we, and that's what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to encourage one another in the faith, as St. Peter says, and we're called to um, pray for one another. That's right. So. It's a, when I went through my bike, I mean, how many texts I got from buddies back, not in the Lord's community that were like, hey man, thinking of you, hope all is well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what I thought of. Like, what is it? Like, am I like powerful wind going right. to stroke my face with your thoughts right now like what does that even mean am i gonna see a kite fly by like hit me with a prayer yeah that's so interesting (sighs) father sean thank you for your time i really appreciate it please um like email us questions rant at lordsdenver.org and um don't go blowing up father sean's email after this podcast buy the book first i i think i genuinely do kind of mean i say that jokingly but i think it happens all the time especially in like the mental health space too. Mm. It's like, go read the book, really kind of like work your way through it. And I know um, if something did resonate, you're like, oh, I need to get this fixed now. But really dive, I mean, there's a lot that's in that Unbound book that you can turn to, really work through it, get a Christian counselor in general, even if you're not battling with anything, it's good for you. And then really start to dive into it. But don't go straight to the top and then, <laughs> so don't, don't blow up Father Sean or Father Brian or Father V told, please. Um, but we're so grateful for everyone. Like us, share us with your friends, get the word out there. And Father Sean, thank you. Thanks for having me. Do you mind if we close with a St. Michael prayer? If you lead it. Great. Because I still don't know. <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. That's okay. I can, I can lead it. That's right. <laughs> All right. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. God bless everyone. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.